You're listening to the So You Think You're Intuitive podcast, a podcast to help you reactivate, grow, and trust your intuition so you can live a more empowered and connected life. Join me, Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, every Wednesday for inspired conversations, guidance, and practical tips on how you can work with your intuition in your everyday life. Because who doesn't want to trust their intuition more? Welcome back to So You Think You're Intuitive. I'm Natalie Miles, taking you on this journey to reactivate and trust your intuition so you can stand in your truth and power. Welcome to the last episode of 20. 20. Here we are. Wow, what a year it has been. Um, Yeah, thank you for all your messages um, following last week's uh, reflection episode. So many of you have reached out to, um, yeah, just to share um, thanks to my vulnerability and uh, um, me crying on the episode um, last week uh, allowed you to cry as well. So I think we were all having a good cry together. Um, so yeah, but, um, yeah, go and have a listen. If you haven't had a listen yet, it was my reflections on 2020, the things I've learned, um, spiritual reflections. Yeah. All of it. Um, it is all there, but thank you for being, um, on this journey with me this year, um, for all of your support, for all of your reviews, um, for sharing it with friends and family members. I am, Looking forward to a break and a switch off, but we will be back um, in the new year, the first week, January 4th, with the January energy forecast. And we will also have the yearly forecast as well coming out all about 2021. So if you're looking for episodes to listen to over the holiday break, go and have a listen to some of the past solo and guest episodes. We've had some amazing guests on this year and there's been some great solo episodes too. So go and have a look at the back catalogue and see if anything jumps out for you that catches your eye. I love to cook and I love food. For me, it is such an important creative outlet. But there are some times when you're having a busy day or really busy week to put yourself into the mental state of wondering what to cook can be really overwhelming. And this year I have had the pleasure and the opportunity to try out HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers fresh, high quality, pre-proportioned ingredients so you can make meals that are delicious and nutritious. HelloFresh offers more than 20 chef-crafted delicious options every week to help you break out your recipe rut, try new things and make any night feel special. And they have really helped me do this because sometimes I can just cook the same things, especially when I am having a really busy week or I'm not feeling super creative with food. And yeah, I've really enjoyed the recipe options um, that they have sent. HelloFresh is also the first global carbon neutral meal kit company and they also are committed to donating to those in need. And so far in 2020, they have donated 3.5 million meals. 
So if you're looking to mix up your food routine, the recipes are easy to follow with simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. Go to hellofresh.com forward slash intuitive 80 and use code intuitive 80 to get $80 off, including free shipping. That's go to hellofresh.com forward slash intuitive 80 and use code intuitive 80 to get $80 off, including free shipping. One thing I've really enjoyed about the back end of this year is seeing the conversations happening in the intuitive community. Um, We are changing the community um, pricing um, January 1st, 2021. So this is the last um, week or so that you will be able to lock in the monthly price of $19.99 for the month or $179.99 for the year. And this will basically give you access to all events, courses, meditations, event archives, um, my new channeled workshop, The Doorway, which is coming out January 2021 as well, um, which I am really excited for and is going to be a main part of my work next year. So if you would like to lock in the price before it goes up January 1st, it's basically going up to $24.99 for the month. But if you would like to lock in the original price that it is now, uh, $19.99 for the month, um, you have until December 31st and then the price will go up. I will put a link into the show notes of how you can sign up. But if you would like access to all of my workshops, all of the guided meditations, all of the courses, the events, everything, sign up. So we have a guest episode to sign off 2020 with and we have Kagi Dunlop. On the show, we are talking about intuitive relationships, dating, being single. Yeah, we dive deep into a lot of different topics. Um, Kagi Dunlop is a singer, songwriter, and podcast host of Saturn Returns with Kagi. Um, and I got to record with her as well. And the episode is out. Um, I'm talking all about intuition on her podcast. So, um, Um, yeah, we did a bit of a podcast swap. So you can hear me on her podcast. And here she is on So Think You're Intuitive. I really enjoyed this episode. Kagi shares some really beautiful, vulnerable stories about connecting to her intuition, including a powerful story that happened um, around connecting to her intuition um, when she was younger. Um, But yeah, this is a really poignant episode about how Um, we can be vulnerable with people, create boundaries, how do we stay independently wild and be together in partnership, what does that look like, how do we learn from relationships, yeah so many gems in this episode. So yeah enough said, enjoy this episode with Kagi Dunlop. Kagi welcome to Say Think You're Intuitive. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, oh, something's happening. Something's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. That is just classic. 
it's just fascinating that your electromagnetic frequency and your own energy just I mean it's that's insane that's incredible what do you think it is I'm just like I'm tuning in as I'm, I'm like asking like what's this to do with it is literally your energy that you have and how it flows through you and I also just feel like the strength of your own intuitive gifts that really really want to be used and want to come through so when you're doing anything kind of creative or vocal or they just kind of really kind of step forward and try and get your attention did you used to did you used to get like messages and what happened as a kid like did you have like visitations did you have what was this did you like get messages like what was the stuff around like when you were a kid I actually did and then I kind of really disconnected from it for a while and I'd say it's only now that I'm really tuning back in and like we'll go into the sort of the parts of that journey but when I was like probably around 12 maybe before I did there were weird things like I remember there was this one situation that happened when me and my mum and my brother were going to New York and um, the night before we flew I woke up in the middle of the night and I wrote something down on a piece of paper and I put it in a locket that I had around my neck and then went back to sleep and then we were at the airport and my mum got our tickets and stuff and I look. I suddenly like had this. I suddenly remembered what I'd done in the night, and my mum got out the tickets, and I opened the locket, and they had the t- our seats. What? Wow. Yeah, like really. And my mum and my brother were so freaked out, and I was so freaked out. I was like, "What the hell? That's so weird." <laughs> and there was nothing significant about it, as in like, you know, nothing bad happened. It was just, yeah. it was just this weird thing. And then I'd say that I really kind of went into spirituality in a way, sort of these strange sort of practices at quite a young age in the way that we often do with like, I don't know, messing around with things like Luigi board and stuff like that in a slightly dark realm um, when I was quite young. And I remember there was actually someone that I knew that I was at school with who definitely had like a lot of gifts, but it wasn't being channeled in a very healthy way. And there were just a few really mad experiences that happened that just made me think that it was actually quite dark. Mm. Um, And so I kind of disconnected from it. And then I'd say when I was, you know, through my early 20s and stuff, I was very, I was very like, numbing out on stuff like I was always drinking and like I'd do drugs and whatever so I was really not connected and then I lost everything but I'd say now because I've been you know I'm pretty clean living I don't drink I don't do anything I'm starting to get these like crazy things happening (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like what is going on but it's good it's good but I'm only just really starting to lean into it and there's there is like a bit of fear around it too you know yeah huge fear especially when the informative times when you have connected in the past as you said earlier they've, they've been kind of more darker experiences or someone that you know you've been doing things with who who is you know probably kind of not in their full highest energy with it 
um that can really i you know i talk about that in my book about how those formative instances can have really like shut down our gifts and shut down our intuition um if you feel called to share what were some of the darker experiences because i mean i talk about mine on the, the podcast like i've had some um negative entities and yeah you know not great things show up for me oh, man. i've had to have you know removals and stuff from what what were some of them for you with that came through there was this one experience that happened and it wasn't even that it came through for me, but it was to do with this person that we were at school with that definitely like had some some crazy gifts, but they just, like I say, they, there was something dark in it. And we, God, I can't believe I'm going to share the story, but we, we were in the Isle of Wight, which is this place where I have grown up and had my summers for for my whole life. And it was me and my two friends from school and this other friend that I had from down in the Isle of Wight. And we were hanging out together. We were sort of like, I don't know, rolling up fake cigarettes or whatever. And <laughs> I, saw, I think we were even like smoking tea or something ridiculous. We were about, <laughs> we were about 14. And I don't know what, we were just messing around being a bit naughty. And there was something that, ha- we were in the woods and there was something that shifted in the atmosphere. It was like this very dramatic change. And we remember seeing like footprints walking through the woods, like footprints of no one there. And we were like, what the hell is going on? And something just felt cold and quite dark and a bit sinister. We ended up going back to my friend's house and we could hear this screaming coming from the sea. And every time we tried to get on top of the table, we it was like gravity was just so heavy, we couldn't actually get up. And we went into the sitting room and there was a deck of cards out and we started like all kind of holding the cards and we had some weird connection between all of us where we were like guessing each other's cards. Like we were all like operating on some level. I don't know what was going on. And this one friend particularly was, um, she was going into some zone. She was going somewhere. She was not like yeah. of this world anymore. And she had her hands together as if there was like a ball in them and was staring into it and like just transfixed by something that was in her, in her hands. And um, then she looked up at my other friend who she, you know, just met through me, the one that wasn't from school. And she was like, something awful is going to happen to your family in the next three years. And then she suddenly like switched out of wherever she had gone to, but was very like weird afterwards. And then when we got back, we were kind of like a bit freaked out, but we were like, what could it possibly be? No wonder. And when we got back to school, my other friend went, went home and she, after she got back, went, went home, was in the kitchen and her dad came down. Her dad was from Pakistan and was very, very spiritual. And he said, he was like, I need to ask you, I don't want to say her name. He's like, I need to ask you, um, did you spend some time in the woods this weekend? Mm. She was like, I did actually. And he just looked sort of a bit worried and concerned. He's like, I don't want to know what happened. I don't want you to talk to him about it. He was like, but just promise me, like, you won't indulge in that stuff again. He's like, just like, just close it, just leave it. He was like, once you open that window, you can't come back through the other side. Just don't go there. And her and I then were quite freaked out because we were like, what sort of portal have we opened up here? Like, what is going on? And it just got quite dark with this other girl. Like there was just something about it that just didn't feel good. And we ended up kind of separating ourselves from her. And anyway, three years later, that friend and her mum and her grandma actually died in the tsunami. (sighs) Yeah. So it was just like this really like 
heavy thing that like this girl basically saw on some level and I never forgot it obviously and I just it kind of, it totally freaked me out and I was just like I don't want to be involved in this stuff like I don't want to be on the other side of that window hell no and you know but strangely kind of like at the end of my 20s I guess like I, I have that calling in me for the more sort of esoteric practices and things that actually ground me but I just I'm also from experiences of life I'm more aware of what's what the light and dark energy is and I'm you know I'm always like we're always having to navigate that whether we're aware of it or not and just try and like trust my own guidance system on what is healthy lack of a better word and what isn't because obviously this this kind of work in this world does attract all sorts of energies into it and it's completely unregulated so you do get a lot of charlatans out there sort of professing their abilities and perhaps they have some but they're not always channeling them in the right way and it's actually really dangerous it really is yeah no I agree and it, it can it can make it feel unsafe when it's not being used in the right ways yeah because I don't know what's worse like someone having something and then not really Sometimes if people have like a gift and then they just sort of exploit it. And it's something that I think about quite a lot. It's like, where is that line, you know, because then I think when the ego kicks in too much and then the boundaries aren't, you know, you have to have such clear boundaries if you have any of those skills that you don't, you know, over-inform people or stuff. And like sometimes people have told me things about my future, what's going to happen. And I don't always, like I'm always afterwards a bit like, I don't want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and no, completely. And I feel, well, on the flip side of it's like, am I ready to hear that? I think in my sessions, I always set the intention that what spirit are bringing through, that that person's ready to hear, that they're ready to receive that information. And I feel like that sometimes that m might not happen in other people's sessions where it's like, as you say, you know, you, you, we can open up the portal and it can be interesting what comes through in that. But as you, it makes what I'm, what, what I want to channel through in this moment, Kay, is like it makes sense that that is something that is really in the forefront of your mind for what happened, you know, in that instance with your friend and being in the woods and, you know, the, the out, the, um, impact that that had and the the seeing into the the future and you know your friend losing her life like that's no wonder that's at the forefront of your mind yeah well I wouldn't say it's at the forefront but it's always like there because also my my mum became very Christian when she was about 30 so like sort of at the end of her Saturn return that's when she sort of found her religion and and that's quite a common thing and I guess I found my sort of religion in a way in spirituality. It's just like, a, it's just, I think we're all in a way believing in the same thing. We just have different language for it. But um, I just, um, I try and remain aware constantly. And, and, you know, it's probably the most stopping drinking alcohol for me was like probably the biggest component to that. Mm. What was the build up to that, Kagi? What was the 
was there like a moment where it was like oh my god I can't I can't do this anymore like you know you know hey I'm hey Brits you know in your 20s we come from a heavy drinking culture we come from you know heavy party culture after work drinks all of that jazz um I feel you I don't really I drink now like maybe twice three times a year max I'm definitely on a on a sober curious journey with it all what was it what was it yeah and I'm the same I'm the same like it's not something that I I'm like puristic about and can't touch but I just it's honestly a spiritual thing and I remember trying to explain it to my ex-boyfriend because he used to drink quite a lot and that was a thing when every time I went into relationship I'd be like oh well you know it's nice to have a few drinks with someone and it's not that bad or whatever but it just it dampened me spiritually it made me really disconnected and something about it felt dark I can't like explain it any better than that and so I would get these horrific sort of they weren't even hangovers but they were just this like a dark entity was like looming over me and my natural disposition is like quite light and you know good I'd hope on the whole but of course we all possess both light and dark in ourselves and I think for whatever reason alcohol just like opened up that part of me and allowed things to channel through in a way and I I do genuinely believe that that you know it's called spirit for no for a reason it's that we open ourselves up and are exposed to different energies and they can just kind of jump in in and out and it can take a, a while to shift that so for me it's really about um protecting my energy and and that I try and do with like also the people I surround myself with and stuff and in the in the sense of like the intuition part it's a uh, it's interesting now because I'm probably the most aware of it, but it's not always what I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so I battle it out quite a lot and my and on my head and my reasoning. And I really catch myself now when I'm trying to like rationalize something, I know that probably it's not right. And I always maintain this thing of like we're the only like animals that will willingly go into danger because we have rational linear thought that tells us like that we should whereas every other animal has their instinct and that's what they go off and they you know they sense danger and they run away whereas we'll sort of convince ourselves and each other to walk on in yeah I hadn't thought about it like that on a on an animalistic primal kind of energy how we yeah we will rationalize and be like yeah it's fine of course everything's fine yeah go for it and even though our whole body is giving us those spidery senses or those red flags of just you know or instinct being like don't do it and how we we can mm-hmm. over we override the system exactly and also someone I like had this experience recently and maybe we can go into it but in terms of like with matters of the heart I think we you know when you have that very like intense attraction to someone at the beginning that feels incredibly primal like it is in a way and, and if you want to you know you want to sleep with them and stuff it's like a like a way of conquering them it's a way of like conquering that danger which is a really interesting way of looking at it and that's often why I think like people always romanticize that feeling but it it's very much because we like almost like eroticize our pain sometimes it's like oh that that could be really bad for me so like if I can physically conquer it in the way that we can physically conquer one another today then maybe I can like overcome that danger, but it doesn't work like that. We all know that that doesn't end well, but it also creates like this intense intensity that is very addictive. 
yeah completely and what does in then intuitive dating look like and how does that you know as yeah. you say and how what does intuitive dating look like what does intuitive dating look like without alcohol and then also mm. looking at what that means um as you say where you're trying to overcome the trauma bonding of that mm. of that like intense when you have that spark or the new relationship um where you can be you like you trying to be your you needing wanting to be your authentic self but also you know how do we stay in our power within mm -hmm. those within that like first spark of that relationship exactly because it's not to say that that means that you know you should automatically run but there is nothing more like eroticizing than a trauma bond that is just like mm -hmm. <laughs> the weirdest part about it you're like <laughs> oh my god we literally want to rip each other's clothes off and we can't keep our hands off each other there's probably a trauma bond going on there <laughs> and I think I actually had uh Lacey Phillips on the podcast and she we were talking about this and it's like I really have only just started to practice this, but I couldn't be more of an advocate for it now, is that you have to take these things very slowly so that you can clearly unearth like what is coming up and move around it in like a safe way and be a little bit cautious because you should be with matters of the heart. You should, you know, open your heart and protect it at the same time. And that is the sort of challenging dance. But we um we are sort of taught in society to like readily fall into that kind of intoxicating thing and then we can quite quickly lose ourselves because we get so caught up in that trauma bond of what's coming up we revert back to that version of ourselves and I sometimes have to be aware I'm like wait is this me now as mm. the woman I am today responding to this situation or is this like 14 year old Kagi or is this four-year-old Kagi like where have I gone to and why you know, and it's really interesting when you kind of go to those places because you can kind of then separate yourself as you are now and realize, like, actually, I don't need this person in this way. I, I am going to be fine without them. I will be able to breathe if they don't, if they don't love me. But also just to see it for, for what it is. And, like, I'm such a believer that every relationship and every opportunity that comes around is just your teacher and your lesson. Um, so you've just got to kind of be grateful for whatever comes up even the painful parts because they're all an opportunity to learn and grow yeah comp uh, massively and as, as, as you say it's fascinating then it's like it's like then trusting the process that you'll end up with the person that you're supposed to end up with and it doesn't matter also if the healing of that person you know you're with them for three months and you have the, the most amazing healing journey with them and you might have had the future expectation that you're going to spend the next 30 years together with that person but actually those three months helps you to resolve some of the trauma or okay. the, the trauma bonding that wants to come that wants to come through and and you made a really good point about like going slow and knowing that even if it's you know the long-term relationship or the marriage or whatever you're looking for in that relationship knowing that you know that healing journey is going to take will take time and you're also brought in it's going to be uncomfortable like yeah um I've started dating recently again after a breakup and it's and it's uncomfortable you forget when you're connecting with someone on a on a new intimacy level that it's uncomfortable mm -hmm. it brings up so much about the things that you thought you dealt with it, it totally. <laughs> and how it comes back totally. around again 
And you're like, when you're on your own to be like, I've got everything sorted, like I've got my shit together. And then like that kind of conscious relationship comes along. And it is the most uncomfortable thing, because it's constantly confronting and challenging you to like meet each other in new levels of intimacy, which is actually nothing to do with sexuality. Like, and we, again, that's something that I historically have confused. I, I thought that intimacy was about, you know, physical closeness, and that kind of intensity and I've also confused intensity with intimacy but like true intimacy is a very vulnerable state and like we we don't want to go there because it's so confronting and that the risk feels so high because to be true you know we all aspire and want to be truly seen and loved in our authentic selves but we're absolutely terrified to reveal those selves just in case we're rejected so we're constantly trying to like (laughs) bypass the risk but just get to the reward and unfortunately they are they run even like the closer you get to something truly meaningful it it runs equal to the risk of the heartbreak and that is like the sort of paradox of love which I think makes it so wonderful is that you know that for all the love you're experiencing the more deep you go the more the more you're going to hurt and the more pain that is gonna happen if it doesn't go right and there's no way of getting (laughs) yeah and and the vulnerability yeah as you said it's it's the deep level of vulnerability and uh yeah and how you show up for each other and also then I think also expecting that the person that you're with is going to match you in that vulnerability because I can also feel that there's some some experiences where if you're being really vulnerable and someone isn't like how that can also really mess with you too. Totally and for that part I've actually had an experience recently where I went through like quite a traumatic breakup at the end of last year that really knocked me and it's one of those things that you kind of like in quite a classic female way, you're like, oh, no, it's fine. It's like they had stuff they need to work through. And you kind of, without realizing, you're burying some of the emotions that you haven't like entirely processed. And then they kind of pop up as the residue and from, I don't know, whatever you go into next. And it's just, it's hard. You know, the, the anatomy of trust is such like a complex thing. But um, I, I did have this experience when I, got involved with someone often it was the first time I sort of opened my heart up again and no that's not a euphemism for something else (laughs) and I suddenly like felt quite vulnerable and that person didn't behave in a very good way and I I was left in this position where I felt totally exposed and I just wanted to like you know old me probably would have concluded that he was a complete asshole like all men are blah 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 and you know retreated back into myself and instead I was like I can't control this person's behavior and I cannot guarantee any outcome but all I can do is be aware of what's coming up for me and also be aligned with the integrity that I want to have in my own character regardless of how he's behaving so in this like very and still I look back I'm like oh kind of crazy but like he basically had just in a sense was just like leaving me on unread which is such a like I don't know whether it's a power move or was just like procrastination or whatever but it felt it felt I felt very powerless in it you know I was just like this person's not even like acknowledging me right now like what do I do 
And I ended up writing out a sort of voice note of like, basically how I was receiving the experience, but took complete ownership over it, complete responsibility for like the part that I played and also had zero blame in what he was doing. I was like, whatever you're experiencing is completely your thing. And I didn't say this, but I always believe that people do the best they can with the self-awareness and the tools they have available. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that people are as malicious or cruel as we all like to label them. We all love to villainize people, especially in romantic relationships, because it's easier than looking at our own stuff. True that. But I really sort of looked at my own stuff and I was like, okay, like, what have I learned here? What is this brought up? And also, how do I truly feel about this person, regardless of how they're showing up for me? And so I vocalized that. And it was the most vulnerable fucking thing I have ever done. Because sending that, I was like, this person is essentially ignoring me. And I'm saying, I still really felt like there was a connection. But like, I'm accepting that like, this is not happening right now. And by doing that, you kind, I kind of like created an opportunity where it's like, okay, there's an invitation to be met with integrity. It doesn't guarantee an outcome, but you can invite someone. And then, of course, it did. And then it kind of opened up this like whole level of vulnerability between both of us that essentially was like too much for both of us to handle. It just felt really like, ah! <laughs> and then we sort of like ran away from it. But it was a really interesting thing of like, you know, to take that route rather than go on the attack, you know, rather than go on the defensive, kind of open up and soften even more and just see what it's, it gives you this really weird power because like when you're completely open, there's like, there's nothing you're trying to hide and there's nothing really anyone can take from you at that point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is who I am. These are my feelings. And you know what? I know them to be true. And so I'm deeper, more, more deeper in my own power than if I was trying to be something I'm not. And I'm also not scared exactly. about you judging me for my vulnerability because in the end, I know that my vulnerability is my strength. Totally. Exactly. And the thing is, it doesn't even matter if the person does respond in the right way that's totally irrelevant the whole point is the victory of the action itself and I think we do so many things especially as women we obsess over like how we can manipulate a situation to get the outcome that we want but it's really about like behaving in a way that matches up with your own alignment and then I'm such a believer that if it's not that person like it just points you in a better direction it's like tuning that inner compass yeah, and being open to it and also listening to your intuition around the the spidery senses or the red flags or the intuition that comes up where it's like, mm, is it really that person? Are you looking at this? And and how that comes up intuitively, I think is also really fascinating. It is. And again, it's hard because sometimes you're like, well, it fits a lot of the boxes, or pick a lot of the boxes rather. So you just want to like shoehorn them into like what you're looking for, even though you might have a deep knowing that it's not right. And I think something that is terrifying is to be able to to walk away from something that's not right when there is just an empty space, you know. And I think that's how a lot of people end up with the wrong people. Yeah, 
until the yeah and then we can make compromises and sacrifices and hey there is compromises and sacrifices in any relationship but there's just a different energetic feeling quality that's connected to that exactly so Kagi, where you're at now with the intuitive dating, how's 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 that going? I mean, hey, are you are you are you are you thinking, hey, we're in the middle of COVID and everything that's happening in lockdowns? Are you are you looking for that or are you just kind of in this space of allowing it to come to you? Completely in the space of allowing it to come to me. Like I've got a lot of friends at the moment that are like, oh my god, like it's so difficult to date, but I'm if you get in that psychology of sort of like scarcity, then it just that's what manifests you know Mm -hmm. and so I'm fortunate in the sense as well that like I don't ever have any pressure from my family so I never have that kind of like oh you're gonna settle down and I also because of the work that I do I entertain like a lot of other possibilities like sometimes I'm like well maybe maybe I don't want to settle down and it's quite an archaic way of thinking I'm like I want someone that's really gonna be a positive to my life because my life I'm making my life great independently and so if I'm going to allow anyone in they really need to like show up in the right way otherwise I'm not interested and it's been yeah it's been interesting like the first lockdown there's definitely a lot of ghosts from the past that (laughs) reappeared and you know people checking in because I think people just like why not and I almost had a bit of a like an automated response for a while of just like like I'm doing my own thing I'm focusing on myself and my own projects and I'm not interested in dating anyone right now and it was so funny how like people respond to that because some people be like that's amazing I totally respect that like and then they'll check in like a month later be like how the project's going got any spare time and I'm like it was a polite no but thanks <laughs> thanks but no thanks and then um yeah exactly but I have a yeah, I'm like cautious of revealing too much of my personal life, even though on my podcast, I feel like I really do. But there's just that I've had like a really amazing experience, actually, with someone that's completely blown my mind in terms of like what a conscious man looks like, mm. and how that can show up in your life. And I do very much believe that that was also a reflection of like where I'm at and the work that I've done on myself that I've called in a complete different energy but now I'm at this like it's it's again one of those things of like okay is this just supposed to be what it is and like that's it or is it supposed to go on longer but I'm also just kind of leaning back because when I get into a fear state I try and control and I try and like manipulate and I try and you know guarantee an outcome which of course we can't do so actually I'm now just taking the opposite approach of just like letting things unfold and I believe that if people you know are supposed to be together for how long they're supposed to be together they they will be and that and my mum actually said to me she was like you know when I've gone through things in the past I'm like oh but if this hadn't happened and Mm. that she's like if it's that fragile it's not there you know, if things fall apart that easily, then it's either not there or it's just a timing thing. And sometimes you just got to sit back and do you and just like, let things unfold. And, you know, it's the same kind of thing. It's like you can give someone an invitation, you can lead a horse to water, but like, 
people are going to do what they're going to do on their own time and for their own reasons. And we all have our own stories and our own stuff going on. So, yeah, I'm kind of like feeling stuff out at the moment. It's a really interesting point because I'm like, I've really got to tap into my intuition because I also had this like extraordinary thing when. I mean, again, I can't believe I'm going to share this, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Um, with the situation before that I mentioned when someone kind of didn't behave that well um, and when that ended, I had this thing, this intuitive hit, and it was like, it will be back in December. And I don't know where that came from what went on I even wrote it in a song I wrote a song with a friend saying see you in December because do I say just say December or just say say I'm a bit tired anyway December do I say December you did say December yeah sorry I'm a bit tired I'm that. <laughs> um, anyway lo and behold that person is like poked his head out <laughs> <laughs> right on time and I'm just like what the hell and I'm almost more shocked that I knew that it was going to happen at the time it was going to happen you know so then I'm just like navigating it being like is this a test <laughs> it's like oh gosh hi spirit thank you for giving me the message and then when it happens and it follows through it still has that sense of wonder but also this like oh really like oh I had a you know I thought that I was hoping that wouldn't have happened but hey here we are I mean I wasn't hoping that it wouldn't happen I just knew that it would mm -hmm. and, and um, it's fascinating yeah. you see a test like just on a me message front also that's coming through um it's also that as you say it's this kind of like hang on a second I've got this conscious man that's around me and and is showing up in this way and then there's this person that's you know suddenly appearing or in that fate in that space as well and it's like as you say is this a test mm. yeah so deep time will tell time will tell <laughs> Yeah, intuitive dating, intuitive relationships and getting messages around relationships is is fascinating. And I think when we are deeply intuitive, it's it's important that we don't get ahead of ourselves. And and we have to show keep yeah, showing exactly. up in the present moment. Exactly. Well, this is the thing. I'm like, I'm not gonna listen to other people on this. I'm not gonna try and preempt anything. I'm just gonna be me let it unfold and let it, you know, figure itself out as it's supposed to. It might be neither of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And but just like, I'm okay with every possible situation because like, I know I can trust myself. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's powerful. Like, I trust myself. Yeah. Especially with matters of the heart. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and as you say, not being your authentic self and not having to feel like you need to put on like a mask, but allowing yourself to be open and vulnerable and and look after yourself at the same time. Exactly. Yeah, and it's a minefield. And bringing it back to like the conscious man, I really feel like as... <sighs> 
well, let's be real. As more and more women are doing the work and are really unpacking things and looking at things, I mean, most of the people who are part of my community, who, you know, are women or those who identify as women. Um, it's fascinating how we are, you know, calling in what a conscious partnership and a co- what the conscious masculine looks like. Totally. And I think that there's such a massive shift happening with that, with these men, these really amazing men. And it is because everyone is just on this different sort of conscious path at the moment. But that that partnership looks very, very different from what what most people are used to. And that can be Mm. um, somewhat unsettling because you're kind of like having to break down all the norms that you had and all the things that you just like slotted into without even thinking about it twice and reprogramming, reestablishing and rebuilding this like complete different architecture around a relationship. And that like does take a lot of work and commitment. And of course, like anything when you're doing it new for the first time, you kind of, there's so many things that kind of throw you back into the default setting or like that will come up that you're just like, this isn't how I want this to be. Or like, you respond in a way that's just historical. Um, and it's definitely, it's new. It's like new age relationships. <laughs> yeah, values, how you communicate, what money means to you, um, vis- future visioning of what you want your life to look like. Yeah, so many things. Sex, how you show also, up. Also, I think, yeah, I think it's also really interesting how like this sort of thing that, again, that's in society and within film and stuff that you just, it seems to be this like romanticized thing of ownership of one another. You know, you go into a a relationship and you sort of feel like you own each other. And marriage, like the construct of marriage even, is like I think people think and believe that when they get married, that's like it and they're completely safe because they've signed that contract and they have like ownership over each other. And it just sometimes it can diminish the the sort of sexual chemistry because I think the whole dance between men and women is this um this space of like risk really is this kind of a slight uncertainty and I think being able to manage the security with also having that desire and that unknown between you is the real sort of sweet spot. And it's that is really challenging because you're constantly having to like check in and nurture this place that you're developing together, but you're not enmeshed in each other. You know, you're not like, oh, if this person like doesn't do this for me or do that, like my whole world crumbles. It's like, you know that you're constantly pushing each other to have personal sovereignty and be autonomous agents independently, but then you come together and you create. And that there's something really interesting in that because as, as long as you'll keep building and nourishing it together, it just keeps growing and growing. So beautifully put. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm still like trying to figure it out myself because obviously I'm so used to relationships that are quite like enmeshed actually I've gone in like hot and heavy from the beginning I'm notorious amongst my friends for like being the like person that's like meet someone and in 24 hours I'm like off in a foreign country with them and we've told each other we loved each other and like planning our lives together like I've always been 
that person. And now I'm really not. I'm really trying to practice like a whole different way of being and showing up. And it's definitely challenging. And it definitely brings up a lot of shit that you have to work through. But you just have to hope that you find like a partner that's able to hold that space for you. Mm, yeah, completely holding space for each other the the non-enmeshment and as you you know as you can be individuals and come together to create it's like you both get to stay in each other's lane but you're you know you're walking alongside each other but you're also together and doing your own things and 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 then getting yeah. to create the 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 vision or the mission that you have for in your own life as well exactly it's like how can you stay wild whilst being together mm. I like that as a phrase. I like that a lot. Yeah, how can we stay wild and uh, yeah, as individuals and come together and do that? It's um hey, and I feel you. I'm I think I'm deep deeply kind of exploring all of what that looks like as well. I think it's uh I think it's uh, really really important as we shift and change and evolve of being on our mission and and calling in the person that can support us. I think there's a lot of um for me personally, I think there's a lot of, uh, I could, you know, you can support others, but you're also wanting other people to support you. I think it's fast. And, and I have lots of friends, you know, who, who are the same, who have, um, and other people who have like gone off their mission or taken themselves off their track once they're, you know, in a relationship. And then they're like, yeah. Oh, why did I do that? Like, and they look back a year on or six months later mm -hmm. and they're like, what did I do that for? Like, hang on a second. I just, I wasn't me. And I think it's, it's such totally. a, it's such a thing that we can all deal with. It's the, it's the abandonment of self, you know, it's that we all, we all do, have done it and do it. It's just this thing where you don't, cause it's such a default setting because we are so programmed to think that like being chosen by a man is kind of the ultimate prize and therefore you kind of do anything to make that happen but you've just gotta you've got to stay in your lane it's like the most important thing is do you stay in your lane and trust that the right people will come and the wrong people will go always, always. and when someone comes along they can possess like so many of the things that really like you're looking for in the direction you're going in and there might just be like something that's missing in it stuff and I think it's important not to like then see that as a failure or anything. Like you can be sad that it's not going to be that thing that you're like aiming for long term. But also there's so much like beauty in that, in even like that grieving process of like something that's someone that's come into your life and changed it in a profound way. It's always something to be celebrated. And then I think as long as you like keep going and stay in, in alignment with your authenticity, then someone like that does match up those things will then come in. I'm a firm believer of that, but you just have to be patient and stay on track. It will happen. It will happen at the right time. As in time, you've mentioned timing massively. The right time, the right situation, where you're at on your journey, where they're at on their journey, and then it being like, oh shit, we can do this together, and it and it works, and it fits, and we can be vulnerable, and we can hold space for each other, and we can be on our own missions and not be enmeshed. Like, and then it's like, oof. Exactly. Calling it in, Kagi. Calling it in. <laughs> <laughs> calling it in but be bloody clear about what you're calling in yes 
Yeah. So I'm a massive um, believer in journaling for that very reason, because I think, you know, our minds are constantly giving mixed messages and stuff. And we're sort of giving mixed messages and we're sort of like trying to maneuver our way around the world and find what we're looking for. But actually, if you just like take some time and really get into the energy of like what you want to experience, whether that's in your work life, your, you know, your career, your, your home, your family, your partnership, whatever. Um, I think that the universe responds very, very well to that, that. And I know that from my own experience, that's how like I call stuff in. I get really specific. I actually can, I think I can channel a bit with that kind of stuff. Actually. 100%, 100%. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes I'm writing stuff and it's like, I have no idea what it's about, where it's coming from, but it's so specific. And then, you know, six months later, I'll meet someone that will literally say word for word what I've written down <laughs> in like some context of their story. I'm like, that is crazy. Oh, that's a good segue because I was going to ask you, as your intuition, you know, as you've been through your spiritual reactivation um, and you're really stepping up into your own intuitive gifts, I was going to ask you like, are there any moments or things that have been happening around you with your gifts that have been, you know, showing up and that you're like, oh, wow, like this is, this is cool. I guess with the like, you know, the, the writing stuff and just the more I'm getting into this line of work anyway, like with the podcast and with the practices and working with like the moon cycle and all this kind of thing and just having that awareness over my body and the communication that it's constantly got going on with me um and having also like my go-to things like and people just being aware of like who's who you listen to you know whose advice are you like seeking out and taking on because everyone's always like projecting their own stories whether they mean to or not so actually just like sometimes containing yourself when you're coming to making decisions about stuff and not to not to rush to really be slow but yeah, there's definitely been stuff where when I look back at the journals, I'm just like, this is some crazy stuff that's like coming in. <laughs> but um, but yeah, definitely being very mindful of like where I, where I share my energy and with who, you know, even like doing this brings up like a vulnerability. It will bring up a vulnerability hangover because like I don't want to expose too much of myself or my energy and the thing with social media and stuff is it's like we're constantly giving and we're constantly exchanging energy with people we don't realize it but that I think that is why there's such a surge in depression and like mental health obviously it's the comparison aspect but this thing of like being available and giving yourself all the time is not healthy so you have to really like when you need to rest rest like we're supposed to have time where we just sit and I'm such a big believer as well in like creating that space to just be which so many people are terrible at then allows things to come in but we're just constantly like busy 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 on phones on screens you know flying around here there and everywhere and this time at the moment it's really invited us to just sit with ourselves and there is like a fertile void there which allows creativity innovation messages to come in all that kind of stuff yeah and it is that you know the balance of private life versus social media and being 
being seen and and hey with you know you in your 20s that you know and where you are now that's there's a need for that privacy and as you say that that kind of vulnerability hangover of you know and wanting to be in charge of what you share versus it being like that you're not yeah and that's the thing I think probably from my experience in my 20s where I wasn't in charge and I also wasn't like I wasn't being smart with it I was just giving myself everywhere all the time I had no like con- wasn't containing anything for me and so I'm always quite aware of that now because obviously like such a big part of what I do is wanting to share my stories and to be vulnerable but there's such a line and it's really hard knowing how to like navigate not overstepping that for myself really mm, big time you know because also I have to be mindful that the experiences I share aren't just mine either mm. They are the peoples that are involved, and and that's like an. Sometimes I feel like that's an energetic betrayal. Obviously, I'm not naming anyone, but it's like I'm giving the story to someone else, and then it becomes something. That's why I have like a funny, like a mixed view of like people who share all their relationship stuff on social media because sometimes I'm like, you're giving your story to yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that does interrupt the way things unfold. I agree. And that sometimes the, the privacy, it's you giving, giving learning points, giving sharing things, sharing things that are happening, but all, you know, but also keeping that level of intimacy and privacy to yourself because then it keeps it sacred that, that how do we keep things in our lives that yes, we want to share what's happening, but how can we find that balance so we can keep something sacred to ourselves? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Exactly. The level of sacredness. I'm getting this intuitive hit to ask you, do you, do you feel lots of energies when you walk into houses? Do you have a thing with like spaces and, and really picking up on energies in houses and places that you go? it's funny you say that because yeah I have this really weird thing where I like moving a lot Mm -hmm. like I move house more than anyone you've ever met and I'm often living in other people's spaces because I enjoy being in other people's energy but then also it's like sometimes and that kind of takes me over a little bit so I'm Mm -hmm. actually staying at someone's place at the moment where it's like the most beautiful apartment I probably will ever be in so it's fantastic and it's been fantastic over this time period but then I can't sleep here and there's something in the energy of the room that's like disruptive for me and I can't really put my finger on why but I am just like acutely aware that it's not actually not my energy and then so I'm like going to move to again which is to someone else's place and I do have this like thing where I enjoy being in you know other people's vibes and experiencing it because something in it really uh like invigorates me Mm. but also it's like at some point and I think we touched on this when we last spoke that it's going to be important for me to really like ground myself with my own space and environment that's like my vibes you know yeah because it does take you um it's funny that I'm being intuitively cool to like bring this up again it's just that there's this energy where you don't realize how much it does affect you and it can inv- mm-hmm. it can really invigorate you, but it also really drains you, and you end up holding space for the energy of the person who's 
property house apartment it is but then also you know their loved ones in spirit that are connected to them who are around or any other mm-hmm. you, you know any other people who've passed over that are also in that space so it's just just you being really clear like feeling like oh I do need to do an energy clear and I do need to make this as part of my daily ritual practice so that you can you can feel comfortable bringing I'm being told that Kagi needs to be comfortable in bringing her energy into a space and so you've got you've got to do the energy clearing because it's all right for you to hold again it's like you're holding you hold space for others like and then it's like you hold space for others like physically in real life with people and then it's like but then you're also doing it subconsciously where you're holding the energy of others and then you're doing it where you're holding space for the energy of the other side in these spaces that you're at because there's a fear of bringing your own like bringing your own energy into it but they're saying that you have to do this like when you're moving from space to space to really allow yourself to allow your energy into a home space it's 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 really important yeah, and I think that's very true. And I think that's also very true of like how I tend to operate in relationship, which is like holding space for the other person and like going into their energy because I'm a little bit frightened of my own. Don't know why. Yeah. Don't know why. It's just like it's been my way of sort of uh, surviving and navigating life is like to morph into other people's, you know, to be sort of like malleable with it and mercurial so that I can like shapeshift around and kind of go about about, like not unnoticed but like fit into things yeah whether that's a literal space or uh, a situation yeah and that's a gift too it's like I can be that chameleon that can fit in and do things and and make people feel good and make myself feel good and do all of that yeah yeah it's a big it, it's how do I like get more of my own <laughs> yes, energy then? um great question I think it's around in relationship or you know it's just like you being vulnerable and and showing up as you and sh- and you feeling confident in share you feeling confident in sharing what you want to share with that person knowing that they're not going to use it against you in some way or sh- like overshare it because it feels like there's a part of you in that relation in in relationship that really wants to like share the stories and be vulnerable but there's an inner fear of like but will you twist that will you manipulate that will you share that um that stops you from doing that in relationship but in the spaces I would just be like smoke clearing ironically like your singing and your singing voice will like like really singing in those spaces but using it you can set the intention before you start singing that you're using that to bring your energy into the space mm-hmm. would be, um, yeah. would be really powerful. And it's also like, I don't know why I want to say it's also like bringing things with you that are yours, that you feel like you can put your things out or like bring your pillows or it's like having a couple of, a couple of like sacred items that you really feel bring your energy into a space, whether it's a crystal or something like that, just also feels really, really important to make that a thing. Yeah. I am quite like that with like my crystals and my sage and my palisanto and my incense. Like there's always incense burning like 24 seven wherever I'm living. (laughs) (laughs) So like smoke and like get like clear. I do clear that the energy, but, um, Mm. It's more about like, I think having, like you say, 
without realizing it, I do keep myself a little bit small when I'm in other people's spaces because I'm like, oh, it's their thing. I yeah. need to be discreet and subtle. You know, like I'm not really here, but actually it's about... Um, take more yeah, space. Yeah, take up more space. Mm. Take up more space. Oh, Kagi, it has been so awesome to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like it was a mini therapy session. <laughs> uh, people have a habit of saying that and also saying like, oh, I can't believe I'm sharing this. Um, that also is, seems to be a recurring line on the podcast recently. I mean, it's like, might, might as well be on my tombstone. I literally, I can't help it though, because it's obvious, I, I will always talk about what's presently on my mind. and. Yeah, without really much thought of like the long term potential implications, but I'm sure that's just my own ego talking. <laughs> and also, though, <laughs> I think also as we step into doing the work and this, it's like, oh, I'm also being intu intuitively called cool to share this right now because it's also part of the healing journey that I'm on. I'm finding that more and more for myself. It's like the stuff I'm sharing. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's. Well, suddenly when you speak it out loud, you're like, oh, okay, now I know what's going on. <sighs> Yeah, big time. It's like something There'll drops. definitely be a little moment during this conversation that I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now we know a little bit more, now that you've actually said it. <laughs> so it's been good for me. Love it, love it. And um, obviously people can um, listen to Saturn Returns, your podcast. Um, where can people find yeah. you? And um, what have you got any exciting projects or anything that people should be looking out for? I do. I um, People can find me on Instagram at Kaggy's World. And then, yeah, the Saturn Returns with Kaggy podcast is like wherever you stream your podcast. I have a couple of really exciting things happening that are connected with the podcast, but I can't actually talk about them right now. But <laughs> watch, watch this space. space. <laughs> Said in unison, watch this space. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Kagi, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to sharing this conversation with the community. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode with Kagi. If you have enjoyed this episode or any other episodes this year, please head to iTunes and rate and review the podcast. By giving us a five-star review, it allows more people to find this podcast and we can help more people to connect to their intuitive truth. Thank you again for all of your support this year and we will be back January 6th for a week of channeled energy forecasts. Have a good holiday break, whatever you are doing, and I will see you in 2021. Bye.